welcome to Stilettos and Stouts. My name is Christy. I am your host. And with me is Ryan. Ryan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well. It's a terrible evening here in northern New Jersey weather-wise. But uh, otherwise, it's not too bad. The team's in a good position. Uh, You're kind of right where you need to be going into the playoffs here. We are. And before we jump in to all of our Devils conversations, I have to shout out one person. And that is Sam Kassan. Who <laughs> he, uh, he's one of the Devils reporters. I love him. He's so great on just a personal level. But I also have to say, from a writing standpoint, he is one of the best writers that they, that is out there right now. Like, his features are always top-notch. And I highly, highly recommend, if you're not following him on Twitter, follow him. Because he is really a joy it's always a joy to read his stuff. It really is. Yeah, I don't know him personally yet, but I had fun joking with him today. <laughs> Great guy. I really, I really do like Sam. He, yeah. I didn't really talk to him that much last year, but I have this year, and I really only good things to say. With that That's... being said, <laughs> and that I, I know you want your beer. I know you're having <laughs> somebody <laughs> in the media room to give you a beer. <laughs> look, look, a guy can try, right? I mean, listen, (laughs) don't ask. You're never going to know what the answer that you're never going to know. Exactly. So we went on Twitter. I went on Twitter this morning to ask um, our listeners what kind of topics they want us to talk about. And one of the biggest things that people wanted to discuss is, of course, goaltending, because that will be a never ending topic among hockey fans. I know that you text me and said that you have a couple opinions on this. So I will let you go first. Yeah, um, I had somebody asked me on Twitter, uh, I believe it was one of our listeners named Dan, uh, he specifically mentioned that uh, he would kind of roll Blackwood in the next game and then VTech against Boston. And my point was kind of, well, why would you do that? Let's roll VTech back out there again uh, tomorrow night against Columbus and then just feed Blackwood to Boston. Because then if Boston just rolls him, it doesn't do anything to VTech's psyche. He's been rolled, what is it, twice in probably the last five weeks, like pretty hard. You'd like to avoid that these last four games going into the playoffs. And if you can set him up for like a few wins, banging him off, that's really what you need to do. So ahead of the uh, Devils going to Chicago, um, I asked Lindy Ruff, kind of what not not his goaltending plan because we all know that he's been he's been asked that a lot this season but I (laughs) wanted to know more about what went into the decision to play certain goaltenders on a back-to-back but I think that can kind of carry over to any time you have to pick a goaltender to start when you have a 1a 1b situation which I think some fans will say we do some fans will say Vanacek is the guy and Blackwood is the confirmed backup but regardless I thought that his answer was really insightful and when I asked him, his response was, well, there are times that we'll look into a goalie's record against certain teams, and sometimes that will play a factor. Some of it is based on where we feel our goalies are at physically. You could say he still seems fresh, even though he just played the previous game, or you can flip-flop. It's a conversation that we have as a group. It's not a one-man decision. We kind of put a plan together, and sometimes the plan will change. To be honest, it's changed quite often this year, but it's based on where the goalies are at. Yeah, that makes total sense. You know, I trying to play too far out and, and thinking around yourself. Once you get to the playoffs, let's be honest. Unless something goes really, really wrong, Vitek's your guy. Let's let's be real. 
if anybody other than him is getting in a playoff game, something's gone horribly wrong. Am I am I wrong on that? No, I don't think you're wrong. And I think too, you have to think Vanacek now has joined Brodeur as the only goaltenders in Devils history to earn 30 or more wins in a single season. That's wild, by the way. Wild. Crazy stat. Nuts. And I think it just kind of shows. And honestly, it kind of brought me joy that it happened in the time that it did. Because I did read, like, see some articles that were like, is Vanacek a problem? Is this and that? And I'm like, I think you're diminishing what he actually did this season. So I was really happy that he's able to carve his name into that kind of history. And then you also have Blackwood, who, if I can count correctly, has won four of his last five games. Yeah. So it's yeah. not like Blackwood is extremely is struggling right now. I mean, the whole, I mean, I mean, we can get into it, but I mean, the, defensively, the team's been shaky. And I think it's easy to just blame the goaltender. I think it's just an easy out a lot of times instead of looking at what kind of took place leading up to the goal going in. Yeah. There, there's some that are, there's some that are on the defense or some that are on the goalie, but if you're not, if you're just getting bombarded, like what happened in Chicago, that's just it. That's just is what it is. I that was a, to, that was a total meltdown. Yeah. in Winnipeg, that was a Winnipeg. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, it's okay. I mean, listen, when they say just burn the tape, that just speaks volumes to what actually happened during that game. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think I, I think sh- sh- Colorado winning last year, I thought you really saw that they won and didn't have top-tier goaltending. I'm not saying they had bad goaltending. Obviously, you don't make it to the Stanley Cup final with bad yeah. goaltending. But I think they were a team where they weren't dependent on a hot goalie. They had enough in front of them to get the job done. Yeah, that's uh, that's an excellent point. Um, and it also helps out, you know, if you're relying on your goalie to be the guy every night, when he's not your guy and you can pick him up, that that really helps a lot. That steals you some games, especially in the playoffs. And I think, too, what fans saw last year with the Rangers was the Rangers went as far as they did because they had a hot goaltender because yes. of the circuit but you saw what happens and the collapse that happens when there's nothing else but the hot goaltender. The hot goaltender is only going to get you so far. No, no, you're right. You're a hundred percent right on that. Um, the, it's just, it's such a strange thing that happens in hockey. It's so unique to the sport where it, a, an otherwise mediocre playoff team can just go real far. I mean, the ducks uh, against the devils were a great example of that. That year, J.S. Shiger just goes absolutely bananas in that entire playoff run on an otherwise fine team right you know they weren't spectacular they were good he got hot and that's happened a lot um i mean it happened to the blues it's happened to a lot of goalies uh i think that might even be worse than like the quarterback that has the couple of good games at the end of the year and then gets paid right a lot of goalies have made a lot of money off a one playoff run uh and you know you can see that happen uh, you just want to be in a position where you don't have to rely on that. If it happens, we get in there and VTech is just lights out. Awesome. Fantastic. But if you're there to back him up on nights when he's not like a plus quality, say he's having a B minus game, the Devils should still win those games. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think too, uh, another topic that you want to discuss, which I think is kind of important is you want to talk about players getting rested Yes. Before the playoffs begin. Mm-hmm. And what I will say is that we haven't seen head coach Lindy Ruff 
been uh scratch a player for a game but tatar has taken two maintenance days from practice and Halla and he have both taken a maintenance day at practice but go ahead i know you i know you have a lot to say yeah i do i i, I think i think you would do yourself wonders by giving jack a good four days off of no hockey here like i wouldn't play him against boston at all i wouldn't let him practice the day before or after i wouldn't let him skate I'd say just just relax, get your legs, feel better, because um, you still see spurts of that that dynamic player. Uh, it's just it seems like it's not quite all the way there sometimes. He got a couple points the other night, but it wasn't off of like an, oh, my God, Jack Hughes play. Uh, and it's not that he should be making those all the time. We've kind of gotten used to that. But he's a young kid. This is by far the most competitive hockey he's ever played in a 12 month period. Let's just all remember what the heck he really is. He's a kid and let's give him a little break here going in. I, I would honestly, I'd rest a lot of guys against Boston it, almost in a, it, it sounds really strange to say it, but it's like this psychological thing, right? Where if you do end up needing to play Boston later on, they can't look back and be like, Oh, well, we just waxed you with your full squad. Yeah. You waxed us, but like, Okay, backup goalie, a defenseman took a nap, Jack didn't play. I just think there's something to be said for that. Like, why? Why bother? At this point, the division is probably out of reach. You know, mathematically, you're still alive, but let's be real. They've got a game at hand. They're three points up. You have four games left. At this point, it is what it is. So let's just kind of understand where you're going to slot in and start preparing for that right now. See, it's so funny that you went immediately to Jack because when yeah. I think about this, my thought immediately was Andre Palat. Because mm -hmm. that man has played a lot of hockey over the last three seasons. He has. I didn't even think about him because he had so much uh, time off in the beginning of the year, probably. My brain doesn't go right to him. But that would be another one. Yeah, I would. Honestly, you could rest him tomorrow against Columbus. And then bring him back against Boston, rest Jack against Boston. Like you could kind of carousel this around a little bit here. And I think you kind of should, unless somebody comes to the coach and says, absolutely, I don't want to rest a the game. Then you kind of don't have a choice. If it's Jack, you can kind of be like, listen, young man, here's the deal. And regardless of superstar status, you're, you're a kid. Understand this is what's best for you. You have a veteran, go talk to him and he gets it right. Um, at least that's kind of how I look at it as a fan. Yeah, because I think there's also, I think it's one of those things where, one, Devils fans aren't used to this scenario about resting players because after four, at the end, normally at the end of these four games, that's it. The guys are going home. Um, and I think that, you know, it's new territory for the players too. I look at it from the standpoint of, and again, nobody's going to know this outside of the room, but if you have a guy that's banged up, and let's be honest, most of them are, you don't have anybody who's fully healthy going into the playoffs. There's always, no. like, there's always something going on. I would just sit down and just kind of – I think the New York Rangers actually did this tonight. I think they kept Patrick Kane out of the lineup for a maintenance, and I think the head coach said if this was next week or playoffs, he'd be playing. But for right now yeah. – let's just rest him. I think that's the approach for me personally to take is if you know, there's a guy that's banged up, has a broken toe, has something here or there, sit him. Yeah. hundred percent. Because I think everyone, I think kind of agree is that when it comes to the playoffs, this is actually a great segue is 
the real unknown with this team is if they can handle a physical series. Yeah, I think it's become less of an unknown um, since Timo's come on board. I think you've seen a, an uptick in the general physicality of the team. Uh, it's not a statistical backup or anything. It's just what I see. Uh, they seem to be throwing it around a little more. They seem to be a little quick to get on the other team. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be a bang them up, you know, war for the cup, essentially. Your first round matchup is most likely, I mean, at this point, I think it's basically the Rangers. It'd be mathematically improbable for it to be anybody else. So let's just all understand that we're getting a rivalry in the first round. Um, is season ticket holders, please don't sell your tickets for the first two games. Let's like, I know it's tempting, but let's not do that. Um, but that aside, that's what you're going to be now from that standpoint of a physical matchup, other than Truba, who we've talked about. And I think the blueprint to handle him is out there now. It's pretty obvious, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I just don't, I just don't see them as an overly physical team that can push the devils around a lot. Well, let's talk about this because when I was at the arena yesterday, we were actually talking about if for some reason they jump over the Carolina Hurricanes. Sure. You're most likely in that scenario. There's a good chance you're going to be playing the Islanders. If they jump them, yeah. Now, I got to be honest. I would rather play the Rangers in the first round. than I agree. All day, every day. Absolutely. Here's the stat that I don't think a lot of people know. All time. The Devils have suffered the most losses to the Islanders. Really? Yes. No way. There's the fact for you. They have 131 losses to the Islanders, 118 to the Rangers. My other point is the Devils, for some reason, are too much for Shesterkin. Shesterkin struggles against New Jersey. Exactly. I, he, he, there's something with him. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the speed we play with, but you can see it in his eyes when they go to commercial and when they get up on, on, on close-ups on his face. You can see it. It's noticeable. His eyes are real big, and it's not like that a lot with him. You don't see that. And um, a couple of days ago or a couple, maybe a week ago, it's so hard because the practices have been so scattered. But I always have just random conversations. And I was talking with Damon Severson, and I said to him, do you kind of feel that the wild card teams are almost more dangerous in the first round? Because they've been desperate now for weeks. Like, they have had to play meaningful games to get in. Whereas I said, if you look at Boston, they have the President's Trophy. Like, there's really nothing for Boston to play for at this point, except to kind of, like, just keep perfecting their system and not let anybody get injured. Like, it's a different mentality with Florida, Pittsburgh, and the Islanders right now than Boston. It's a different mindset. So I asked him, and he goes, honestly, he goes, it's a toss-up. He's like, it really could go either way. Because he goes, yes, the wildcard teams are playing desperate hockey. And they kind of, a lot of times when they get in like that, they get in, they're on a roll. Because they had to win so many games to even get into the into it. But he goes, when you look at Boston, he goes, they've been rolling all season. Yeah. So he goes, it's really, he goes, it could go either way, depending on, you know, just the circumstances surrounding the teams. But I did talk to a friend about Boston, and he was telling me, he goes, if you watch Boston closely, he goes, Omar stole a lot of wins for them. Because I think at one point, Omar was like 19 and one, which was insane. And he goes, he covered up a lot of holes, I guess, similarly to how Shesterkin's previously done with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. 
is he goes, if Allmark gets injured at any point in the postseason or in these last couple of games, he goes, Boston's not going to be as, and I'm paraphrasing, Boston's not going to be as big as a threat. Yeah, that's that's certainly a fair point. They're, part of their advantage is the fact that they've got both those goaltenders uh, and they're both just, they've both had outstanding seasons and it really makes your life easy when that happens. Uh, and, and that is, that is the modern NHL template. You know, the years of Marty playing 70 games in an 82 game season, you know, that's nuts. Uh, my, my buddy Joe that I'm going to the game with tomorrow uh, for years is constantly like, oh, I don't know why this guy doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. And every so often I have to be like, you watched the greatest goalie of all time for 20 years. Like, you need to lower your expectations for literally everybody else that's ever going to play goalie for the New Jersey Devils. But if, yeah, you know, if if the Devils had a goalie situation like that this year, let's say Blackwood doesn't get hurt and like gets it together. I, this, that's that's just as scary if we really think about it and you're absolutely fair about it. Um, and it, while we're being fair about things, we keep talking about, you know, they made the playoffs. It's great. You know, I was talking about moving the goalposts. They got to win around. I believe they're two wins away from the most all-time wins for a Devils team ever. Three points away from the points record. Am I wrong on that? They are. I don't want to misquote it, so let me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's two wins away from the all-time winningest team. They're two wins shy of tying the franchise record of 51 yep. the most wins in a single season. Yeah, and then I think points is is even closer. But the points thing gets wonky with the with the shootout and all that stuff now, so it's not quite the same. But I mean, let's just let's, let's all think about that. Almost the most wins of any Devils team ever. Um, and the, the the can the Devils win a Stanley Cup? Of course they can. This team absolutely can, and there's no reason to think otherwise. Okay, because here was one of the other questions we got from Twitter: <laughs> Are is this team a contender? for the Stanley Cup has to be has to be I've seen way worse teams than this make it to the Stanley Cup I've seen worse teams than this win the Stanley Cup not doubles teams but like uh, maybe doubles teams but I've seen worse teams than this win the Stanley Cup easily easily they're a darn good team just because they're young and it's the that their point differential from last year to this year is it's outrageous let's be honest but it doesn't mean anything like that it really is a completely different thing in a lot of ways like this team that you're watching this year from the fans perspective, at least my fan perspective, they seem like they like each other. They seem like they want to play for each other. They seem like they support each other. It seems like a team that is out there having fun, playing real hard, competitive hockey every single night. And they just, they look like a team that kind of knows what they're doing at this point. Am I crazy? I have. I, my mind goes a couple different directions when I hear about them being a contender. My first is, is that the playoffs, as everyone knows, is a completely different beast than the regular season. Sure. If you're in, anybody has a chance because there's a ton of factors, whether you, how injured your team is, how injured your opponent is. It's There's so many hot goaltenders. There's so many factors. And Montreal, when they made it to the Stanley Cup final – they had no business being there. And, no, they almost, none. and they almost knew it. They were just playing with house money. And it's like, if mm -hmm. we get, if we lift the cup, cool. But we have no business being here. And I'm not saying the Devils don't have any business being in the Stanley Cup final. I'm not saying that. But anything can happen. And yes, when this team is rolling, this is a very scary team. 
Yeah, they don't get they don't win lucky games. They impose their will on teams. Those games they win in the last two minutes, they're winning them. They're not accidenting them. No, when more than half of your victories come are comeback wins, that yeah. says something for your team. Yeah, huge. It's huge. It's not like it's Buffalo where you're scoring seven goals in the first period and then you're letting up, you know, like four or five. Like, no, yeah. you come back and you have to earn the victory. And I think that speaks volumes. I also feel that every Stanley Cup team has to go through that learning curve. You know, you saw Tampa get embarrassed by Columbus with their sweep in the first round. Tampa came back. They won two Stanley Cups, three Stanley Cup final appearances. You know, looking back at Colorado after their horrendous season, Nate McKinnon's talking about how, you know, we had, you know, then we got into the postseason and we had those really tough postseason losses. Then we came back and we were stronger. And part of me feels that where the Devils are, it in a perfect and like in an ideal time frame, looking at other Stanley Cup contending teams, they're almost set up now. It's like they made it in and now they're going to have to learn kind of like just the lessons that go into really being yeah. a Stanley Cup. And part sure. of uh, yeah. dealing with the tough losses, which is good for their overall development. So are they a Stanley? Can they be a Stanley Cup contending team? Yeah, sure. Why not? But I think there's also lessons. And when I sat down with Tatar, who is a dream, by the way, <laughs> dream, he's the first player that I have that I have spoken with that actually moved over in his stall and made room so I could sit next to him. So that's adorable, by the way. Well, because they what, had a, what a gentleman they had going off track. They had a practice, and I knew for the article that I wanted, I needed to tar. And he took the two maintenance days. And when they take the maintenance days, they're not in the locker room. So I'm like, oh my, I hope I hope he's not taking a maintenance day. I found him on the ice. I was like, thank God. I walk into the room, they have the ping pong table out and they have scattered players and he's just sitting there at his stall. I said, perfect. I ran over to him and I was like, hi, I was like, do you, you know, do you have a few minutes? And he immediately went to stand up and was like, sure. I looked at him. I said, you just practiced. I said, you can sit. And he goes, okay. Like nobody ever gave him the option before. And he sat down, he immediately scooted like closer to Sharon Gova. She goes, do you want to sit? Like, this is, this is a man right here. This is, this is a good one. That's and- awesome. And we just sat there and we just chatted for like four minutes and it was just so chill and just so he's really, he's a really nice, I mean, I say this about all of them. I know I sound like a broken record, but extra points for, for moving over and letting me sit, sit next to him. Yeah. Big, big time points for tuna there. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's super wow. cool. Yeah. Cause my feet were killing me from the heels from the game. <laughs> that was just perfection. I um, can confirm the heels are not a gimmick. She wears them every game. I actually have had a couple games where I um, <gasps> wore sneakers. I did. I pulled like an Aaron Andrews look. I was like, if Aaron Andrews can do it, so can I. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. I did that was I had nobody cares about this, but it's actually a funny story. I have a pair of black heels that are my go-to, but, and the women that are listening, they understand what I'm talking about. Sometimes like the metal part of the heel, like it gets worn down. So the metal sticks out at the bottom and it gets a little slippery. And I knew this and I wore the shoes anyway because I needed it for the outfit. And I was like, I'm just going to walk really slow and take my time. I make it the entire game. I'm walking out of the tunnel and I pass a couple of the assistant coaches. And at that moment, I feel, I feel myself losing. (sighs) 
and I go, thankfully I didn't fall, but my arms were like flailing to try and re like, get my balance back. And they both the <laughs> like, oh, and I, <laughs> and I was mortified at that point. Oh. It would have been better just to fall instead of the swan like act <laughs> conducted. Um, and I think the next game I was like, I'm going to I can't chance that again because I there's certain things I will not recover from that happen at the arena. The first is if I get hit with the soccer ball during warmups, I will not physically, emotionally, or mentally recover if I get hit with the ball. That's it. That would be my last day at Prudential Center. A few reporters have been hit with the ball, haven't they? It's a real concern. It's a real issue. There have been reporters and people walking around that have been hit with the ball, and they don't really kick the ball like gently. Really? If you hear the ball when it hits this, like the ceiling, like the rafters, like it's loud. Wait, they're kicking the ball up into the rafters? They've hit it high enough that you'll hear it like bounce. Yes. Yes, this is intense. This so is I, crazy. I, yeah, like there are people that when the guys have their circle, and we're going off on like a real tangent here, but when they have their circle and they play, you'll see like media and security and stuff like that walk past them because you have to get through. Yeah. I will not do that. Because I am terrified I'm going to get nailed with the ball and there's not going to be any recovery from it. It's just going to be the end of my life. <laughs> so I will go out of my way and walk completely the wrong direction to get where I need to go to avoid just saying, excuse me, because they'll stop. If somebody walks, if the group walks by them, they'll stop and like wait and be really courteous with people walking by. But I have a real fear of that. That's amazing. That's so funny. First of all, I had no idea that they were that aggressive. I thought it was just like a jolly little, we're just doing our hand eye, getting ourselves going, getting they're the blood flowing to our feet. I mean, I assume they're competitive with everything. I just was didn't really understand that you could be competitive with like soccer volleys. Uh, no, this it's a very, it's very competitive. They're usually laughing and in a really good mood, but there's, like I said, there's certain things in life I just won't be able to recover from. <laughs> Getting hit with the ball is... Actually, I was walking out of the media room and uh -huh. I was standing there and the ball like rolled past me and I was in my very high heels that I cannot quickly move in. And I look and Jack's there and I look at him and I look at the ball and thankfully somebody else kicked it to him because I was like, sir, I don't have the proper footwear to help you right now. <laughs> it's not it's not happening thankfully i think like the team photographer went and like kicked the ball to him but it's like it was like an awkward two seconds where like i looked at him i looked at the ball and i was like yeah no sorry and the best part is it's jack he has no he's like a kid he has no idea how ridiculous it is to walk around in those shoes like i'm married a long time i've seen my wife go through a heck in a hand basket at like weddings we get to a wedding and it's like slightly raining out and her heels are sinking into the mud so what Tatara was saying to me was that, you know, the law, the, they had to almost go through last season and the misfortunes of last season to get to where they are now. And I kind of take that logic and apply it to the postseason too. Again, if they can get to the Stanley cup final, I would love to cover that sign me up. But I think yeah. there is a, there are lessons that need to be learned. Chicago, uh, Colorado went through it. Tampa went through it. So I wouldn't be surprised if this postseason there's going to be a lesson that New Jersey needs to learn to come back next year stronger and, you know, have a more understanding of the postseason. I wouldn't say it would surprise me, but this team has kind of surprised me in a good way all season. Every time you think, you know, this is it, 
this is the this is the game that's going to derail them. This is the uh, this is the meltdown. They've responded well. They've bounced back well, and they've done so much more already this year that at this point, I'm kind of like, you know what? Why not? I'm not. I'm done. Like thinking less of them because I'm I got burned a bunch. So. And I think, too, when you look at the standings, minus the wild cards looking at the top three in the Metro and the top three in the Atlantic, Mm -hmm. I feel like the Devils are kind of the wild card out of those six teams where you don't really know what you're going to get out of them because they haven't been in the postseason before. They're extremely young. So I think they kind of are a question mark for a lot of people going in maybe kind of the same because it looks like seattle is definitely going to claim that first uh wild card spot like i feel like seattle would be like that too you don't really know what you're going to get from them yeah from the you don't know what you're going to get standpoint um but i think i think a lot of teams in the east are genuinely they do not want to play the devils i just i get the vibe that nobody really wants to play the devils even the bruins with i'm sure would like to avoid it there's just something about the way that team scraps back and doesn't go away and the speed. Like I could see that just being a problem. If I'm another team, I don't want no part of that. Yeah. And I think, and you know, this is going to be Paul Axe's time to shine. Everyone yep. knows that this is his moment. I think last year in the postseason, he had 21 points in 23 games. So I'm excited because I think with the injury and just adjusting to New Jersey and new system and everything like that, I, I've, I've heard people say that they're very underwhelmed with him considering mm-hmm. his contract was, um, which is fair. I understand from his perspective, you know, again, the adjustment, the injury, all that. But I think he's kind of a player that like, this is your moment. Yeah. hundred percent. So I'm curious to see kind of what happens because you see Eric Hall is kind of finding himself right now. Yeah. Right. Right. When you thought he would. And there are just, and we know there's certain players that are just built for the postseason. and, you know, having veterans like that, especially Hollow, he's scrappy. He kind of does it all. I'm curious to see kind of who's going to step up and who's going to really showcase that they're a playoff contributor. Yeah. It's good. It's going to be a fascinating little bit of time here. Um, you know, I'm sure once the playoffs are locked in, we can do a a playoff preview show and really dive into the matchups and those things. Uh, As we mentioned briefly, I do think it really favors uh, a Rangers series for the Devils. I think we've kind of had their number a little bit this year from a team and goaltending standpoint. And uh, that's at this point, you know, the the overwhelming mathematical odds are we're going to play the Rangers in the first round. Yes. Can I oh. end with something that I don't want to tweet out because I'm going to get yelled at for it, but it's, okay. just, you know, I'm all about the storyline and I'm not sure when our producer bill is going to have this up. So it might not be up till like after the game tomorrow, but I saw that the Columbus blue jackets called up uh, John Gillies on emergency basis today. Really? And I know that the devils are playing Columbus on. And I, so I'm not saying, I, I don't think anyone knows right now if they're going to get the start or not, but he did earn a victory in his Columbus Blue Jackets debut on April 2nd, I believe it was. And all I'm thinking in my head is Columbus is going to start John Gillies against the Devils at Prudential Center. The Devils are one of two teams that have not been shut out 
Wouldn't it be a story? I hate you so much right now. I know. This is why I can't tweet. Oh, we're gonna, you, know, you, can't, you can't do this until after tomorrow night's game. Oh, but I'm like, the, the, the writer in me that looks for storylines, I was like, this is the storyline to watch, folks. Yeah. And again, yeah. watch Gillies just be the backup. But I can't even hear this. No. I'm like, wouldn't that just be something? Oh, God. Now I have to get a John Gillies Devil's jersey and burn it in front of the room tomorrow to cleanse the spirits. Just, and even out there, it's out there now. That's a problem. You know what's funny oh. is your. Oh, how to give your co host that. The best part of this whole thing <laughs> is that you're so like flustered right now that even your oh. just went out. Like everything, like you just literally, your entire space just stopped working for the last. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I understand this level of superstition I live in with this shit. Like you just broke me. You just completely broke me. It, I gotta be honest. It's kind of empowering to know that somebody my size can broke. Can bro oh, com oh, you could, you could screw me up real bad with something like that. Be like, Hey, if we're at a Yankee game and they were like, Hey, the Yankees are getting no hit. I would, oh, oh my God, if the Yankee pitcher was, oh, holy crap, I lose my mind. I would lose this, my mind. And this is the difference between a fan, oh. a writer, and a media member because the fan loses their mind over that. I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> and all I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, what are the good storylines for tomorrow's game that I can think about? And when I saw the call up, I'm like, there's your storyline right there. If Again, that's happening, if that's happening into the third period, I'm sitting in row six, section 15 tomorrow. I'm standing up and staring at the press box until the Devils score a goal. I will not sit down. I will not look at the ice. I will stare at the press box until the Devils score a goal. You mark my words. I will no. do it and I will film it. No, you can keep, do not, do not, <laughs> not publish and make this episode <laughs> until after the Devils Columbus. This is, uh, 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 so that we're just gonna wrap it up there because Ryan can't even speak it. Oh, ruined his entire night. No, we'll have to find a way to sleep tonight. That's okay though. Uh, we did have fun on Twitter today. I wanna, I wanna let everybody know how much fun that was this morning, and keep reaching out and keep interacting. Um, I'll do my best to interact back from the show account at Stiletto Stouts. So follow us, reach out, say hi, direct message. If I'm at a game, I'll let you know. And always, always come say hi. Yeah, and I have had um, a couple instances where I will meet up with, if someone DMs me if they're at the game, I'll meet up with them at an intermission. So, yeah, we are always available and ready to chat. So Absolutely. Everyone have a great night. We'll see what tomorrow is going to bring. Don't come for me if my story comes true. It's just, <sighs> it's just a storyline. I'll be very happy for you if you get a nice storyline out of it and you can know that my life is a living hell for the next 24 hours. Oh, my goodness. Well, everyone have a great yeah, day. <laughs> See ya.